Hi, this is Andrew Gerza, host of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. Growing up as a person with cerebral palsy, living my life as a wheelchair user, and being super queer has led me down a very unique path of self-discovery to a place where sexuality and disability intersect, and I want to share what I've learned on that journey with you. Join me each week as I share stories from my own life as a queer disabled person, interview other disabled people about their sexuality, or as we talk about sex and disability in pop culture. You can download new episodes each and every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And welcome. Welcome back. To season three. Of the Perhaps It's You podcast. I almost said the Unsolved Mysteries podcast. This is going to be rough. Wow, Samantha. We're super rusty. Get your head in the game. It's never going to be in the game again. This is an unofficial Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast starring Liz and some other person (laughs) who can't get together. (laughs) No, it's Liz and Samantha. We're back. We're back. We had a little hiatus. A big hiatus, but here we are. You know what? We fucking earned that hiatus. Yeah. Samantha got married. Oh, my God. She moved in her house. Is that what happened? Yeah. Whoa. You guys. She's a ghost of her former self. Yeah. Last month was a month. Let me tell you. My brain is mush. I don't know if I'll ever recover. I'm just glad you're alive. Me too. And that you're here. Yeah. Life in the United States of America. Doesn't. Yeah. Has been brutal and terrible. And (sighs) I do not recommend it. To anyone ever, um, give <laughs> no. me all, give me all the one star reviews you want. I don't care. <laughs> Nothing matters anymore. I so we're going to be starting off. If you've never listened before, we watch along with Amazon Prime. We do each episode. Yep. Like the loyal unsolved mystery citizens that we are. We didn't even skip the fucking Alcatraz episode. <laughs> no, that's how dedicated <laughs> we, we are, people. All. So now we are starting off season three, episode one. But I had to watch this episode, like, in between hearing news about Brett Kavanaugh, and I was not in a good mood, and I was not in a good place for it. I was literally, to get myself to do this, I was lying in bed, I was eating chocolate-covered Oreos, watching Unsolved Mysteries. I should have been having the time of my life. Nope. Still mad as hell. Blood literally, like, I felt hot, because I was so angry, and all I could see was red. Yeah, that's been rough, you guys. So did I research any of these things? No. Do no. I actually care? Do I even have no. notes? No. I actually had to have Liz print me the unsolved wikis for mine. This is the situation, so is you guys. usually the one that's really prepared, and then I'm like last minute scrambling. Like she shows up, even though she comes to my house, I'm like last minute scrambling. I'm like, oh, I left the things upstairs. Oh, where's my notebook? Oh, we have to do this thing with Lenny. Blah, 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 blah. And then this week she's like, I don't know. Who's Robert Stack? <laughs> I forgot that I had another mystery at the end that I had to cover. It's been rough, you guys. I think Samantha just really wanted my satanic arson murder. So I was like, oh, Oh you did did the second and fourth one. And she was like, the arson? And I was like, no. But is the second one really a mystery? Because it's kind of like an update. And maybe we just skip that one. I'll do the satanic arson. Yeah. So I was like, no, Samantha, you'll do the second and the fourth one. (laughs) Fall in line. We play by the rules here at Perhaps It's You. Okay. But since things have been absolute trash garbage i have devoted myself 
fully to Halloween and fall. You didn't think I could take it up a notch? I didn't think I could take it up a notch, and I have. That's you all guys, I've it, been this doing. This is true. It's quite true. It's all I've been doing. It's all I care about. I do not know what I will do with myself once the season is over. If you want to follow along with Liz's Halloween adventures, follow us on Twitter. Liz runs the Twitter. You can see what she's up to, what go to where she's going on today, so, so what, much. what pumpkin patch she's visiting. I'll talk about that a little bit more in my updates, but since I was... So many of us were so upset. We had a lovely fall day yesterday where we like went to apple orchards and did all this wholesome shit, but Samantha couldn't go because she had to move things. Yeah, it was terrible. And I got her a surprise. I'm so excited. So now it's literally under a cloth. Do I get to open it now? I think we should start off on a good note oh, yes. and you should open the surprise. Oh my God. Okay. So there is, I'm going to just describe it for you guys. It's <laughs> like an oblong shape. It kind of looks like a small dead body. There is a towel <laughs> over it. The towel has some embroidery. I'm very excited. That's I'm not gonna, the surprise. That's just covering I'm going to slowly reveal what it is. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, my God. You guys, it's the polar water. I keep seeing it on our fucking page, Facebook page. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. What is this? Yeti mischief. <gasps> so, if you don't know, Samantha's obsessed with polar Dragon water. Dragon whispers. And they made these, like, mythical what creatures ones that we couldn't find anywhere. Unicorn kisses. And then yesterday, I went to this gigantic candy store. Did you find these there? Okay, so I'm going to drive the two hours to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and after I had already filled up my basket with an obscene amount of candy, oh I was about God. to check out. I looked in this refrigerator case to get a Clearly Canadian, my favorite, and saw holy shit they have the polar waters and then i proceeded to just fill how did you keep this a secret my basket i had to bribe everyone that was with me with a polar water (laughs) to not tell you and then i like get up to the cash register and the like teenage girl that worked there was like oh do you really like these and i was like no i never had them before (laughs) but i've been looking for them everywhere and she was just kind of like okay all right i think i need a box (laughs) there's also mermaid songs and Minotaur Mayhem. Like, which one should we try? I don't know. They're, they're also not cold, if okay. that matters to you. They're a little cold. I'm going to try the Unicorn Kisses. Do you want to try one? Sure. Do you want to try the Yeti Mischief? I'll try Yeti Mischief. Okay, we're going to try it. This is a No, wait, actually, I want to try the Minotaur one. Minotaur, okay. Minotaur. <laughs> this is... Uh, what does Unicorn taste like? I have no idea, I have the guys. most of those. I, you I don't know. You have more? Yeah. I have a couple more. Oh well, the thing is, I filled up the rest of my basket with these... And then was so excited, I was, like, giving them to everyone. I thought I had two of all of them, so we could each have... That's not true anymore. Because I got, like... You were just too excited. Too excited. Oh, my God. And really, I probably would not have bought half the crap I already was going to buy if I knew this was there, but I saw this last. <laughs> and you're committed. All right, we're going to try... I'm trying the Unicorn Kisses. Okay. I'm going to try Menotar Mayhem. And try not to... Try not to drink it in the microphone. Oh my god, this is delicious. What does it taste? What does it taste it like? It kind of tastes like strawberry. What's yours taste like? Okay, Minotaur Mayhem is a citrus. We're gonna trade. Okay. We could do one at the end too. Mmm, <laughs> it's good. It kind of tastes like Sprite. The Minotaur kind oh, of tastes like Sprite. delicious. Yeah, the unicorn is really good. Okay, people will not believe this is not paid. <laughs> not sponsored <laughs> although polar if you're listening fucking polar. call me we will work for free i will polar sell water. the shit out of your polar water i paid for these with my own fucking money <laughs> because i yes huh, i was really in a thing where i was like i don't care yep i'll take that <laughs> do i need apple cider donuts do i need sweet but po- sweet potato butter i cannot and think blue of the- popcorn and like i was like yep yep the yep. worst place for me to go 
and I'm sure this probably applies to a lot of people that are in this current headspace, is the world's largest candy store. I can't even admit, I would fucking be like, I, I'd come home and be like, Travis, our life savings is gone. E- okay. I just was at the I world's am, largest I'm candy store. I'm not proud. I spent $90. I believe it. I would easily drop 100 I completely filled up a basket. A lot of that... I want to defend myself and say a lot of that was presents. Actually, this morning when I got up and I like did, I was like, "Why didn't I get more candy for myself?" Well, we'll just have Blah. to go back because I'm gonna fucking stock up. I on literally this bought bar. all the unicorn that they had left. I just scooped <laughs> it because I just assumed that was the best one. It is delicious. It there tastes was like strawberry. also one called Pixie Lights. I didn't buy any of because no one else had, and that made me think it was bad. Oh yeah, probably. It's probably like the Key Lime Lacroix. That's what I. I don't know, but it also had the least cute can, so maybe that was why. Maybe. But they're only 99 cents, so... Oh, my God. This is the best surprise ever. (laughs) I'm so happy. I was really like, no one tell Samantha. (laughs) I'm going to surprise her. They did a good job keeping the secret. I'm so happy right now. Yeah, I've seen these. A few people have posted these. They must live somewhere um, where they can get this polar water. It's impossible. I was at CVS today because CVS sells the the Seltzerade. Or at least they used to, but now there's Halloween stuff where the seltzer aid used to be, which I'm not complaining about. But it, my blueberry, yeah, my blueberry yeah, seltzer water no. is no longer at my CVS, and I I'm pissed about it. So well, see, this I've been day. walking around this. It seriously, is giant. It's a converted barn and silo, and the silo is mostly full of Japanese candy, which I love. Yeah. So that's dangerous in and of itself. <laughs> so I was wandering around like, oh, I'm sad. Samantha didn't get to come. What should I get, Samantha? And I found this tin of alien candies yeah this is adorable and i was like i don't even know if samantha would like this candy but i'll just get it because it's in this like cute alien tin right well you know whatever i don't know that she'll like this and then when i saw the polar waters i was like fuck yeah oh my god this is the best possible gift for this is what i should have got her for a wedding just a case (laughs) it was like here's your the best wedding gift ever i'm opening the little alien candies mischief polar water samantha happy marriage oh my god that would be the this is the best I didn't surprise. think of it until right now. That would have been great. Well, where would you have gotten it? You would have had to order I, online. It would have cost $50 to ship. Yeah. But that's why it's a wedding present. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Uh, I'm so I don't even know what the, the name of this food. place is, but I'm sure you can figure it out. It's the world's largest candy store. Minnesota's largest candy store or something. It's in Jordan, Minnesota. Yeah. It's bright yellow. I've known about it for a long time, and I still refer to it as the world's largest candy store. I don't know what its actual name is, but... There's like an entire aisle of cream sodas, which I also love cream soda. Oh my god, me too. So. Okay, we're going back, because obviously I need to spend like $100 just on polar water. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have any other... <laughs> There are other updates. Oh, a much more important update uh, for people who aren't us, for people who aren't sitting at this table, is that we are going to be at a podcast festival. Hell yeah. Come July. Yep. We will be at the True Crime Podcast Festival. In Chicago. It's in Chicago. It's going to be at the Sheraton on Mag Mile, I believe, Mm -hmm. which is a super nice venue. So kudos to them for scoring that, because that's going to be a great place to have a conference. Now, look, have they asked us to speak no. Have they asked us to, like, I don't know, wave on a panel? No. no. I'm pretty sure we might get a special lanyard that says yeah. podcaster. Look, we're just going to be in attendance. So we may do a meetup or something, maybe at a yeah. bar, if, if there's, there's anyone in the people, area. If, we, if one of the five listeners is going to also be there, you know, we'd love to make you buy us a drink. That sounds great. So <laughs> that's July 13th. The ticket prices go up at different dates. It's one of those things, like Coachella or some shit. So the sooner you buy the tickets, the cheaper they'll be. That's why I'm bringing it up now. Yeah, if you want to go to the actual festival, check it out. 
Yeah. Um, it's the True Crime Podcast. But there's going to be a lot of True there's Crime Podcasts ton there. There's a of True Crime Podcasts there. It's not Crime Con. That's like a whole other thing. Right. Like Nancy Grace goes to and she's a dirtbag, so mm-hmm. I don't care. But this is just podcasters. Yep. And I think Jen Wine's going to be there. I'm pretty sure Wine and Crime. Yeah, there's a, a whole bunch of them. Yeah, biggies are going to yeah. be there. And then us. Yeah. Hey, hey everyone. <laughs> we also answers. talk about UFOs and polar water. <laughs> we have solved no crimes. Have you guys ever done a seltzer water <laughs> unboxing on your podcast? That you were not paid to do. <laughs> you had to buy the water. Have you ever done that? Do you know who Robert Stack is? Anyway. We're the coolest. So, so that's our big update. Mark your calendars. As it gets closer, we'll announce details of maybe like where we're going to be yeah. one night at one time. If you're there, you can come say hi to us. That'd be super cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think that's really the only update I had. I Actually, yeah. I know over the past month, I've thought of things where I'm like, oh, yeah, I should say that. But Oh, for sure. Me too. And well, my brain like, can't even hold any information right now. No. So sorry. I mean, it's, my brain is mostly rage and then Halloween when I'm taking a break from rage because I'm yeah. channeling that into the only thing that matters to me anymore. Yeah. So. So. Unsolved Mysteries. This is episode one of season three. I'd say this episode is fairly good i will say right off the bat that this is going to be a good mustache season oh it's if, if you're watching unsolved mystery for the mustaches holy which, hello hello crap, you guys uh this episode is for you this yeah. is gonna be your favorite episode there's ever. a clear winner of mvm in this episode but there are a really? lot of runners up <laughs> i thought i drew like four mustaches i wasn't sure which one you would like best are you kidding me the guy with the thing what was that facial hair called that I, I've oh, now forgotten the name yeah. of it The twice. one that's the trim strap? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not even a chin strap. It goes through his cheek and attaches yeah. to his mustache. It's like a, it's like a high-rise Ar- chin Arthur strap. Arthur B. something. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm tracing it on my face. Chester B. Arthur. Which is a great thing for an audio medium. You know this. <laughs> it's called like... the Chester B. Arthur. Google, stop and Google it right now. Yeah. I'm going to um, put Here's a compilation sketch. of the... <laughs> Here's my sketch. I called this mustache, we'll get to it in the thing, but I called it the bad idea. <laughs> it is a bad idea. <laughs> it was just... For sure. But there are a lot of of second place winners <laughs> for mustaches. Anyway. I had some terrain. We will get there. We're talking about mustaches we saw in the first segment of this episode, which is about the Kirksburg UFO sighting. Oh, yeah. In Kirksburg, Pennsylvania. Or as I've come to refer to it, the sperm in the sky. Sure. <laughs> Look, women are having a hard time, and if they want to call things a sperm in the sky, you just let them. Okay, also, it looks like a fucking sperm. Okay. (laughs) The animation quality, this is a long time ago. We've come a long ways, but... I stand by my statement. Unsolved mysteries. that's what you want to do, that's what you do. You find the things that bring you joy, and you hang on for a dear life. Yeah. And if that's going to multiple apple orchards in one day, and then spending $90 at a candy store... (laughs) That's what you do. We support your decisions, okay? Oh, my God. I don't even support my own decisions, but thank you. All right. So, it was December 9th. It was 1965. Life sucked even more than it does today. (laughs) If you can believe it. If you can believe it, which my mind is really having trouble wrapping my head around that. Did you know that this was an unincorporated community in the Mount Pleasant Township of Pennsylvania? I don't know. It wasn't. It's located around Route 982. Okay, I know exactly where that is. I drive past there all the time. (laughs) There's a ton of woods. It's wooded. Okay. All right. 
What I like about this is that Robert Stack introduces a segment. He seems to be standing in front of a haunted castle. Yeah, where the fuck is he at the beginning of this? The they have cranked up the spookiness this season, you guys. It is the spookiest locale we've seen yet. Mm-hmm. It's spookier than like a straight up haunted house. Yeah. I don't. It's lit like blue. It, you know what? Okay. so It's I'm, glowing with ghost glow. Game of Thrones is always on my mind. So this should come as a surprise to no one. But it looks like the Hall of Faces, only like spookier. Like if, yeah. it, if you took the Hall of Faces in Game of Thrones and made it into a haunted man, like haunted house with yeah. like the fog and the blue lights. And then you put Robert Stack in front of it. Yes. It's, it, it's spooky. They also cranked up the creep, like, quote unquote, like, creepy, spooky factor in their, like, opening, like, role. Yeah. When they're playing. Cause they, they have, like, a shot of the woman who was doing the oh, witch rit- rituals in her husband's tool shed. The negligee wearing yes. witch Anne. They have a shot of her. So they've really, like, leaned in to the... Sure. They're like, you're not just tuning in because women get brutally murdered, you sickos. You're tuning in because there's some scary stuff out there yeah. and some of it is paranormal. Yep. So that we're, that's where we're getting to in the Unsolved Mysteries. Robert Stack says, watch closely. You may be able to help solve a mystery. Oh, this is UFO? <laughs> no. Don't think call so. call the tip line for this one. Yeah, it was a sperm in the sky. <laughs> You're welcome. Excuse me, unsol- yes, Unsolved Mysteries. I think that was just a giant sperm. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they got calls like that. And those poor operators. Okay. As Robert Stack says, it's Twilight. December 9th, 1965. A brilliant light streaked through the skies. <laughs> that was my phone. <laughs> Over Canada and the northeastern United States. 40 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. Are we really going to call what... Okay, I'm sorry I'm hung up on this animation. Are we really going to call what they show in Unsolved Mysteries streaking? It swims like a sperm or a tadpole. Oh my god, Samantha. <laughs> Come on, Unsolved Mysteries. Getting married has just turned you into a horn dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Nothing makes me hornier than unpacking an entire house. Constantly moving boxes. Trying to figure out where to put my fucking books. They're overflowing. Oh, God. No, I feel your pain on that. Nothing makes me hotter. I knew it. We are off the rails. Yeah, good. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Brass's You Podcast. Podcast you ever listen to, and you'll never listen to another one. So two brothers are riding their bikes, you know, as you did, and they see something. This is a very Stranger Things moment, this whole segment. Burning through the sky. This is Rob and Ray Landy. They're some cute kids. And, uh, yeah, they just see an object fly over them, basically. Yeah, they're riding their bikes down a dirt road. So this episode is combining part. There's this was a two part segment. There was two segments on the stupid UFO. Yeah, it's real long. This segment really drags. It's more than half the episode, or it's like half. Yeah. And I had to do all of it. Yeah. Well, you also and got the satanic sucked. arson mystery list. <laughs> so stop <sucked>. complaining. <laughs> anyway, Rob and Ray, what did they do? They saw a thing. They turned around and raced away in their on their bikes. Yeah, they got scared. And then another local boy named Randy Overly also saw it. Little baby Randy is super cute. He Adult really Randy, much less cute. Hey! <laughs> True, <laughs> but rude. Okay, his mullet, Randy, okay. you need a haircut. Randy has a beautiful flowing mane, <laughs> a 
of silver gray locks. And a matching greasy gray and mustache. A, and some giant, some might say bug-eyed glasses. <laughs> Those people would be jerks. Little baby Randy, though, in the reenactment. He's his little, fat, his he's red a, he's hair. A child actor. I yeah. recognize that kid from somewhere. And his little bib overall. You like my so little cute. sketch of grown up Randy? Oh, there's grown up Randy. I called his mustache the, of course he's on this show. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It is very, yeah, it has of a lot course. of terrain. I'm telling you, a lot of good mustaches in this one. And then I wrote down, was this only seen by children? <laughs> Because all of their witnesses were just kids that were playing outside. But I realized it was the 60s, and when you had kids, you literally just, like, kicked them outdoors, and you didn't know where they went, and you did not care. Yeah, this was, like I said, a very Stranger Things segment. So he was playing in a creek. I don't know. Then two more kids were in a field, and they saw smoke. I think that was the same creek where they shot the Magic Rock segment. And then you see Robert Stack again, and he's, like, outside a haunted marsh that's full of crickets. (laughs) I didn't even write down what he said. I just wrote down that. I don't know what he's Because he's standing said in like the pitch blackness in yeah. front of us. Yeah, scary looking blue glowing marsh. Everything where Robert Stack is in this episode is blue and glowing and foggy. Yeah, I mean, leaning into for, that. Good for him. <laughs> that <laughs> good, for him. <laughs> good for you, Robert Stack. <laughs> That's where you want to be. That's where you want to live. It's fine. Rest in peace. So then we cut to like a really cute retroy kitchen mm-hmm. that I want, and there's an emergency appeal on the local radio, and it's saying. That an airplane has gone down, and if anyone has any information, they should call in. And some woman, what's her name? Frances Kelp, who is the mom of some of these kids that saw the object overhead, calls in and she's like, oh no, that wasn't a full airplane. That could have only been part of an airplane. That was just a little airplane sperm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to drink my pool. Yeah. Water. So I take care of some children, and there's a lot of, like, butt and fart talk, and this is not, like, that different. That's all. <laughs> Samantha's just looking at my judgmental face. I'm trying to do a serious podcast here, Samantha. Okay, sorry. sorry. About the sperm in the sky. Sorry. And you keep interrupting me with your nonsense. Carry on. Yeah, so Frances calls in, and she was... I'm not entirely sure how she knew this, but she goes, oh, that was not a full airplane because it burned up on impact and there was just smoke. Yes, because her kids saw like a smoke plume yeah, in the but, distance. Okay. This seems like she was very confident with her information. <laughs> Even though she didn't see it? Yes. Where she was like, oh, no, that couldn't have been a full plane. It could have only been part of a plane. And I think it all burned up. Bye. And then Robert Stack was like... How do you know like, so much about this, Francis? <laughs> and Robert Stack was like, she hung up the phone and immediately put it out of her mind. Three minutes later, she got another... I was like, wait. Yeah, they probably wanted more details. Literally, in the back, span like, of Francis. three minutes, she completely forgot. Listen, Francis has two kids. She's got a lot to do. You know what? Actually, fair. So they were probably hitting each other and shrieking as she was trying to make dinner. Yes. And then the fucking Navy calls... <laughs> And it's like, if you have any information, don't call the fire department, call us. And she's like, I'm supposed to call the Navy? And they're like, yes. Okay. Within 15 minutes, state troopers and two unidentified plain-clothed government officials show up in her yard, and she points them in the direction of the smoke, which at this point has burned out. Yep. So they, like, wander off into the field. And the object crashed about half a mile from her home. So some search teams were called in to locate the actual crash site. We hear from volunteer fireman Jim Mays. Is this 
the MVM. Isn't he? Is he the lead guy, or that was someone else? Wait, 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 wait. Let me see. Huh? That's a great question. You know, I know I've posted his face on Instagram before. I I'm not I'm sure a, how I'm many gyms are on this fire department. <laughs> you know what? It's probably half the fire department. <laughs> That's okay. Um. Oh yeah. Also, a witness like sees the crash site and saw that it was like blue flashing lights and that they were really bright, and that it was not like the flashlights of the search team. I don't know. So the troopers go into the ravine and they're like looking around, and oh no no that's a different guy, different Jim, different Jim. Is it? They're both named Jim. <laughs> yeah, we've got a Jim Maze. Oh and yeah, we have Jim Romanski. James Romanski and James yep. Romanski is MVM. Yeah, I just found him on Instagram. Oh, there he is. You know, yep. All his glory. So, thirty volunteer firemen are looking in the ravine. James Romanski, who has a bad idea of a mustache, is yes. part of the search team. He actually finds the object, or is part of the team that finds the object. He describes it as being shaped like an acorn. Yes. With no wings or propellers. Mr. Jim Romanski with a bad mustache is very serious. And at some points in this segment, like, kind of mad about it. Yeah. I kind of just wanted to be like, Jim. Jim, Jim. you got to calm down. You got you to gotta calm down. It had markings on it that he correlated to ancient Ag- Egyptian hieroglyphics. And this is what he said. To this day, I have never seen anything like it. Then he talks about how he studied. All right. He first said studied, and then like a little bit later, was he like, kind of like at. yeah, looked. <laughs> he claims that he himself. studied the ancient Incas, the Aztecs, and the Egyptians. And he says, "I've looked at pictures of Russian writing. I've looked at pictures of Polish writing. I've looked at pictures of Hebrew writing. Nothing, nothing that resembles it. Chinese writing, no." <laughs> <laughs> look, he's looked at all the writing, okay? He looked at a and couple, he probably had to go to a library to find that he writing. He looked at a couple alphabets and then was like, well, this is clearly not of this earth. And also, I'm angry about it. God, that's, there's a lot more languages than that. I'm not impressed at all. You could have done that with like a couple books in like 15 minutes. I realize this is pre-internet and you had to actually go to the library and maybe talk to a librarian, but... Yeah, come on. Come on. You just like flipped through a Chinese book and you went, that doesn't look like it. It must be Egyptian hieroglyphs. It must be alien language. (laughs) On this weird, gigantic pod. Acorn thing. Yeah. So two government officials appear after James and his team find it and tell the firemen that they have to, that the area is quarantined and that they have to go. And it was like a... Thanks for your help. Now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we don't actually want you around. So within three hours of the crash, military personnel had set up a command center inside of the fire station. They restricted civilian movement within the area. I don't think the firemen could even be in their own fire station, which is weird. There was like 25 to 30 military people, they said. They also commandeered a farmhouse near the crash site. Which, that was weird. That seems illegal. Um, don't we have something about how you don't have to house troops? Like yeah, a, I'm pretty sure. It's not like a super important part of like being in the United States. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So Bill Weaver is also a witness, and he says that he saw men in, quote, moon suits carrying a five-foot square box into the ravine. The reenactment of this is hilarious. It is literally just a plain white box. Like, something that would have had to be specially made. Like, it's not cardboard. 
It's literally just a gigantic white square that the government apparently just like has around. Where that's their alien collecting box, and then they like put it on a stretcher. And then Robert Stack was how, like, how would you collect an alien? Robert Stack was like, look, that's not big enough for the whole craft. So what did they put in there? Or who did they put in there? And I was like, nothing. This didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm angry and I hate everyone and I hate everything. And these chocolate covered Oreos aren't helping. <laughs> Our skepticism level, which is typically just pretty high, is like, it's off, through, it, off the my charts. My skepticism and my apathy level have really it's, they're yeah. combined and they're they've reached unprecedented levels yeah because if if a ufo full of aliens crashed in pennsylvania my reaction at this point is so <laughs> and have they come to cleanse the earth yeah. because it's about us? time is it like those aliens end up in independence day or they could just do fuck all <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if some aliens fell in Pennsylvania. What what does it matter? Okay. Are they going to do fuck all? Yeah. Thanks for nothing. You couldn't even fly your own spaceship. I'm not I'm not adjusting to the apocalypse while you guys. No, it's been rough. Okay. So, Aren't, so there's like a crowd watching this, watching them carry a plane box because it's the 60s and I don't know, TV wasn't that good. And <laughs> <laughs> the army comes and like orders these people away. And one of them was this like teenage boy in like a Letterman sweater. That's how you know it's the past. And he was like trying to argue with the army. Like, why? Why do we have to leave? Because he's 19 and he's a white dude and he doesn't think that's bad idea and then they like threatened to arrest him or something and then he was like oh shit Ooh. oh i think they were they threatened to take his car probably his one pride and joy yeah something he was like, like i need that car to bone in no <laughs> so he left how else am i gonna cruise <laughs> i need the cruise <laughs> that's what they did right <laughs> at least when i was a teenager i don't know if this is so true but the suburb of naperville illinois had all these like no cruising signs still up <laughs> That's what people in Naperville tell me. Is there still metal signs that talk about the cruising laws? <laughs> I need to cruise. Just let me. Why is that so fun to say? <laughs> I don't know. I'm losing it. I lost my goddamn mind. Okay. Whoa. So Mr. Bad Idea Mustache <laughs> saw the military covering a large object, carrying a large object on a flatbed. So he thinks they came and they got that stupid acorn thing. <laughs> that butt plug of a spacecraft and they put it on a <laughs> oh you were mad at me for calling it the sperm in the sky but you're saying that a giant butt plug crash landed in pennsylvania yeah i mean it didn't look like that but <laughs> yeah double standards on the perhaps it's you podcast so true so so true i give myself a one star review <laughs> okay so he sees a covered an object covered on a tarp on the back of a flatbed truck being moved by the military. What was that? Nothing. <laughs> Something. Alien crap. Who cares? <laughs> oh, God. All right. So we hear from Stan Gordon, who's a local researcher who's talked to a lot of witnesses and should probably do something else. And he <laughs> says that astronomers have concluded that it was a bright meteor 
which is called a bolide, which like moves very fast and like burns very bright. But he's trapped the sperm swimming of the <laughs> thing and it turns and it glides in. It glides in slowly. <laughs> so he doesn't think it could be a meteor, you stupid scientists. No, take that. Bolides can't turn. Yeah. Everyone knows that. And the firefighter dude thinks that it was a space capsule. And was it space debris from NASA or a foreign government? Official records don't line up. Clearly, it was a UFO. And I wrote down, my guess is that it was a satellite. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's just a guess. I honestly don't care. (laughs) And then there's all too much footage of people speculating what it is. And I swear they're speculating slowly on purpose. Yeah, this segment was so long. And then... You see here from some guy named John, who when he was 10, looked out the window, and he also saw the government moving a thing on a flatbed truck, so he corroborates that. It does seem like the government came in and took something away. Yeah, we hear from a lot of people that were basically told by the government, like, get out of this area. I'm assuming it's either space debris or a satellite. It's something, like, proprietary? Proprietary. Yeah. I can't say that word, but that's what I mean. Yeah, I I think so. It's like, it's either, it's something valuable. Or something that the government wanted back. Yeah, that's what I think. Doesn't necessarily have to be alien. I asked our uh, our resident yeah, alien yeah. expert Rob Christofferson from the Our Strange Skies podcast. He's in our Facebook group. He's a fan of the show. Um, what he thought that it was, and this was his answer. He thinks that it is a military project of some kind. There are some claiming that this was a General Electric Electric Mark II reentry vehicle. It I must don't know be for is. astronauts to come sure. back okay. from space. I think the Good main, job, General Electric. The main proponent of this theory is a racist piece of shit, but it's possible. So Maybe that was the one thing he was right about. Well, maybe. But it sounds like he was wrong all the time, so... Probably not. So Leslie Keene actually sued NASA for files they had on it in the mid-aughts, but... This segment claims that there's no, like nasa records that line up with this date i don't think it would necessarily have to be just for the government to retrieve it i don't think that means it has to have been from nasa i think like it could be a corporate satellite or something like that and they would still go get it or they were talking about how maybe it could be like a piece piece of piece of soviet space debris or something and that's why they came in and took it and that's possible there's just a lot of junk that's been left in space yeah, some of it's going to crash down to Earth sometimes. Yeah, so I'm guessing it's that. I This hieroglyphics thing, it's not like he's even compared... It's not like he has a sample of that writing to compare it to. He's comparing it to his memory, like, while he's getting yelled at by the military yeah. in the dark, in the woods. And he clearly went into this thinking it was this alien spacecraft, and so I, who knows? He just doesn't seem like the language expert that he claims to be. I'm a... Jim Romance. Chinese writing... <laughs> He okay. looked at some Russian writing, Liz. And Polish. Even the Polish. He was acting like that was like... You know, they really, write in symbols. <laughs> it was like really out there. Uh, so, xenophobic, firemen aside, I don't think that that means anything or that that was necessarily writing or whatever. It, it, it seems like there was something. So, I'm, I'm going with satellite. I don't yeah. know. Or just other space junk. Yeah. I don't think it was like an Doesn't alien craft alien. driven by a drunk, stupid alien that's not willing to help us. <laughs> There's really no evidence to suggest that it's alien other than the small box that the government took out and the 
apparent writing than one guy with a... I don't yeah. believe anyone with that kind of facial hair. I'm sorry. You're making questionable <laughs> decisions in life. I don't believe a word you say. So that's uh, true. Otherwise, it was just something that fell from the sky. Yeah. It and they got anything. it and they It could took be it part away. of an airplane. It could be, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So. Agreed. Was that the end of your mystery? That was the end. Surprising because they took you what felt like five hours to tell that story. And somehow there's still three more mysteries in this episode. They pack Whoa. them in here. I mean, this next one is not this exactly is like a mystery. Sort of an update. It's 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 unsolved mysteries giving itself a pat on the back, and I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah, we start out with Robert Stack talking about how you know unsolved mysteries has reunited lost loves, and you know we you all know by now that we are a big fan of lost love mysteries, so we're on board. We've become fans of the lost love segment yeah this uh segment is called the daughter of lavar bates so lavar bates uh, was interviewed in an update about the capture of murderer john mooney which if you remember that case yep do i right now can't say that i do and remember the name yeah which one was that i honestly don't remember John uh-huh, Mooney. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Who did you kill, John Mooney? I don't remember. Okay. But you never forget a name like that, do you? No. Yeah. Mooney. So he, uh, LeVar Bates was interviewed for the update segment on the capture of murderer John Mooney. He was interviewed saying, like, I can't believe he's a murderer. He just yeah. doesn't seem like, he seemed like such a nice, normal guy. They interviewed a few of his coworkers. Yep. Just for a very brief clip saying, like, who would have thunk it, you know? And this was included in their third anniversary special. Which I don't think we've seen. Although we saw the John Mooney thing, so... I'm sure it's been, like, re-added in any of these Amazon episodes. So someone watching that saw that and recognized this dude. Right. So he had a daughter named Kimber Tice that he never knew about. And she was watching the Unsolved Mysteries episode, and she knew his name. And she didn't know how to find him, because this is before the internet. And so she was like, oh my god... That's my dad. And then we get the backstory of how this whole situation came to be. So in 1958, 22-year-old LeVar fell in love with 18-year-old Peggy Atwood of Pompas, Texas. LeVar worked in construction and was temporarily employed in Amarillo. Every weekend, LeVar made the 60-mile drive, which was an hour, to Peggy's home so that they could spend time together. He drove pretty fast. Yes. Anyway. They spent a lot of time cruising. Cruising. Uh, several... This episode is all about cruising. <laughs> Peggy did say, because they interviewed her for the show, how much she liked ri- riding around in his car. He had like a convertible, whatever. That reenactment is both so hokey and also so adorable of them just like driving around, being teenagers, driving around the road on the convertible, and she's got like the neck scarf and the sunglasses. I don't know. It was really cute. It's it was like also something out of Greece. It's hilarious so to me that what my thought watching this was he drove an hour to go with drive with her (laughs) like he drives an hour to go see her and they spend the time driving around it's just funny to me i'd be like my butt hurts from sitting in this car so several months after they met um peggy drove to amarillo and made a surprise visit to lamar don't do that yeah don't tell people you're coming over yeah well the interviewer ver and me seriously begs you i don't want you to show up on the now please don't no matter how much i like you while there she saw a picture of another woman on his dresser Fifi. If it actually occurred like it did in the reenactment, it was a little <laughs> suspicious. It it was a large picture and it was like stuck on his mirror in a prominent place. I actually wrote that like I'm with her being yeah. mad about this. Yeah, so she was There wasn't a picture of her. No. There was a picture of some other woman named and- Fifi. <laughs> 
named Phoebe. And yeah. uh, it was a large picture. She seemed very beautiful. But yeah, so she was like, what the fuck is this? He's like in the bathroom. Sh- he like opens the door half shaved with ha- with his shaving. And then he kisses her. And I was like, ew. Dump him for that. But then she goes inside and sees this picture of another woman named fucking Fifi. And he claims it's a woman he met at a coffee shop once or twice. Yeah. And he has a picture of her on his mirror. Look, I don't know if they were exclusive or what, but anyway, it she was like, like they were. You're too Clearly tiny. she was under the impression too, that they you're were. You're too timing me with this Fifi hoe. Yeah, that's literally what she said. Well, her. she didn't say the hoe part, but she did go, you're too timing me, aren't you? And then he goes, I'm not too timing you. And it was really funny. <laughs> So she storms out, furious, and at the time... she I'm had, with her. Yeah, and then he, his company transferred him the next day. And this was before you could just look someone up on Facebook. So he was gone. She had no way of contacting him. And the next day, she found out she was pregnant. Or it wasn't the next day. Sh- she, shortly he thereafter. She gets transferred, and I think, like, uh, within the next month, she finds out she's yeah, pregnant. Yeah, she finds out she's she pregnant. she doesn't have a way to get a hold of him, because he hasn't left a 40 number, because she was pissed at him, mm-hmm. and had to leave for work. And I don't know. She doesn't have a way to track him down through his work or and, whatever. Yeah, she didn't know she was pregnant. So uh, then... Uh, yeah, LaVar's company transferred him to Colorado. He and Peggy never saw each other again. Eight months later, she gave birth to a daughter named Kimber. When you she notice was... what the name isn't? Fifi. Fifi. Yeah. That'd be weird if he named her Fifi. <laughs> it was like the guy in that one episode that like named his new daughter the same name as his old daughter. <laughs> nope. Nope, 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 nope. Not acceptable. Just as weird as that. So, uh... And Kimber's whole life, Peggy made made it clear to her that this is your this was your father's name. This is what happened. You know, this is you know. Well, why. she's watching the thing, and then she has to, she contacts Unsolved Mysteries mm-hmm. to find out if he's willing to have a relationship with his daughter, which he doesn't know anything about. It's been 37 years. Yeah, he had no clue. So the case was never actually featured on Unsolved Mysteries. The update occurred on September 19th, 1990. That's when uh, Kimber saw the broadcast. And on July 4th, 1990, Peggy... Uh, oh, it was Peggy who was watching the rebroadcast. Yeah. Um, she recognized LeVar. She contacted the telecenter and was put in contact with LeVar, who now lives in Phoenix, Arizona. He's married and has two children. LeVar and Kimber spoke on the phone shortly afterwards. And on August 10th, they were reunited at Kimber's home in Amarillo. Uh, sadly, LeVar died on May 25th, 2001. Unsolved Mysteries flew her out to meet him, and the reunion is super cute. They make a big deal of being like, we paid for that plane ticket. Oh, yeah, so. for sure savor every minute of this it did seem sweet and like a lot of these lost love segments people seem like very open yeah when talking and they still don't how did how does it unsolved mysteries get people to bear their souls like i don't this? understand but it was super adorable and very serendipitous that you know she he just was just on unsolved and mysteries it's like such a short little clip but it had his name and yeah. she was like oh my god that has to be him well and unsolved mysteries was just like you're welcome we solve mysteries we're not even trying to solve yeah so I want to know that. Well, first of all, I don't know if he, you know, he didn't know he had a daughter. I don't know that he wanted a relationship with her, but they seem to get along all right. Mm-hmm. I hope they got it. He had like a decade more of life. I hope they got to spend some time together if that's yeah. what he wanted. I hope so. He had two other kids, so I'm sure he was excited to find out that he had this daughter. And Kimber seems yeah. super nice, so and he I, seems like a jolly fellow. He has a nice mustache as well. Yeah, and he said that it what meaning them like wasn't awkward. Yeah, it didn't look awkward. No. So, but I really wanted to know. Was he two timing her with Fifi? I'm pretty sure he was. I really think he was. Because he, he, she lived an hour away. Yeah. So he wasn't expecting her to just show up. Yeah. So mm. I think he probably was two timing her with Fifi. Lavar, do better. I assume he did. I assume he well, grew up and you know, changed yeah. his two timing ways. He's quite young. Yeah. It was just a cute little thing. I don't know. It was cute. It's 
yeah, unsolved mysteries, solving all the mysteries, even <laughs> when they're ones, not trying, even ones they didn't know about. Okay, now we have a wanted, and it's awesome. Yeah, the next segment is fantastic. This, this, is, this episode really this has is it all. Why we do this show <laughs> for this wanted segment because it is a fucking satanic arsonist. Hell yeah! Also, it is kind of actually creepy. It's also really creepy. So. Robert Stack says each year in the U.S., more than 200,000 people become the victims of arsonists. What? There's no way that's true. <laughs> There's no way. What? Then you would have to know someone. Like, every... What? There's just people running through the streets like that that movie, The Purge, just setting yeah. fires to every yeah. house. He's basing that statistic on The Purge, yeah, I There's think. no way. Each fire is an individual tragedy. In many cases, victims are left not only homeless, but injured or dead. Guess what, Robert Stack? dead fucking serious. If someone's dead, they don't give a shit if they're homeless. That sentence is terrible. In many cases, victims are left not only homeless, but injured or dead. (laughs) Well, as if homeless is a fate worse than death. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Anyway, so this... Case takes you inside the mind of an arsonist. On August, on August 15th, 1989, uh, near Stockton, California, a car overheated. A man that's being identified as Joseph and not by his real name for reasons I don't understand pulls over to look at his car. Him and his son are walking to a payphone to call for help, which is a thing he had to, used to have to do, kids, because I'm an old <laughs> grump. When they fought, okay, this is weird. It's weird, and I do not recommend this. Even though I will, I take things from like that are left on the curb, like pieces of furniture. Yes, but would I probably look at this? Yes, but it's not a good idea. (laughs) So they find this camo jacket on the side of the road that has things like wrapped in it. Yeah, there's body parts in there. (laughs) So there's some heavy metal music, though I. I don't heavy metal music, <laughs> but I don't trust this show to identify music as heavy metal. But there is also say it ain't so. Yeah, it was the Beatles. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they never say what kind of music it is beyond that. Uh, but there's also the work of the devil. The work of the devil. Heavy metal music. Yeah. You yeah. don't even need to say it. The devil. We all know. You know when the devil makes music and you're like, it's kind of okay, I guess. <laughs> there's a blank VHS tape. And they decide to take it home and play it. This is the worst idea, you guys. This is how you get cursed seven days later. <laughs> First of all, yeah, this is the ring. Also, do not. Do I that. think they're. If the reenactment is accurate, that the whole family sat around oh to watch this. They are so lucky. This is not homemade porno. Or worse. Or worse. I was like, that's how you find creepy porno yeah but it's not this porno. Was a, in a more innocent time i guess but surprise surprise everyone it was not of a pornographic nature which that's the biggest mystery of all how what? was that not what that was isn't that what everyone in the 80s bought camcorders for it turns out not like videotaping their kids yeah kind of so anyway it was being used <laughs> by an arsonist to record his fire so they're just sitting there like, oh, what's this tape? I hope it's bootleg Bambi. And then <laughs> it's actually a fire and a guy going like, hey, you see what I can do? I can make it burn. I'll burn. That's a great voice you just did. <laughs> what am I doing? He's saying things like, this is beautiful. Look at it. Look at my thing. 
it. But it's a much more whispery voice than it's that. It's much more whispery, and it sounds sort of like a child sounding, trying to sound like an adult. It reminded me, I'm sure Samantha won't know what I'm talking about, but if you watch Trailer Park Boys, it seems like if they made an episode where Bubbles goes evil and starts burning things down. That was kind of the voice, if that's helpful to you. It's not I can't, helpful to me, but... I can't do it, but it's, it is creepy. It's very, I'm sure you can find this on YouTube. But you also do get the sense that this is not an adult or someone not in their right mind. Definitely not. And also, can you imagine being that family sitting around to watch this? Uh, I just what if they had all the lights off? They were like, all right, this is so going to be good. they're fucking lucky that it was a satanic arsonist. <laughs> that was what was on that tape. I think they should thank their lucky stars for that one. Um, and the voice also refers to Omar a few times, but they don't know who that is. So these are good people who turned this into the uh, authorities. And the authorities analyze the tape and can't really... You can't really tell where this is. No. It's too grainy to get, like, a to, like, identify the fire department from the trucks or anything like that. It's a very low. I think considering they identified some pretty helpful things about it, like, it's a huge fire. They could tell it was a construction site based on some things in the video. Yeah, there was, like, a one of those white trailers yeah. that are usually the, like, construction head, you know, office or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, there wasn't really anything else around. There was no evidence of, like, people getting hurt or anything. Like, there was not an ambulance or anything like that. Um, so they were like, maybe this is new construction, but we can't really tell, like, where it is. And it was found near these major highways, so really it could have come from anywhere. They had, quote-unquote, Joseph take him back to where he found the tape, which I just feel like it must have been hilarious to admit. Like, oh, I found this jacket by the side of the road, and inside of it was a VHS tape. And I said to my young son, we shall take this home and we shall play it. What? You, you left out one thing they found with the tape. Well, oh, yeah, and the heavy metal music. So they go back. Well, and the herb grinder. Yeah, they go back, <laughs> and the policemen find a pestle, like a mortar and pestle. And Robert Stack says, as is used to grind herbs for satanic rituals. <laughs> Fucking okay. oregano. Like I have one. I got it at Ikea. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to grind up some spices. <laughs> You're not using it for satanic rituals? Oh, I will now. I didn't know. I didn't know it was for cool shit. That's not what it is on the Ikea label. I used it just for cooking, like a (laughs) sap. There was also, we found nearby, a ceramic skull. What? Also, he does make a couple references to hell in the... Okay, there is satanic panic playing into this. It's not 100% satanic panic. It's maybe... 90% 90% satanic panic. Yeah, he says some, like, things about he, the devil. He's The thing's burning, and he goes, Hell, I call it home. The whole key is the black with the smoke. Or something like that. He just say some weird yeah, yeah. kind of shit that is, is sounds like it might be to the devil. So the, the mystery was, where the fuck was this fire? And who was this and person? Because they probably person. said it. Um, so they were appealing to viewers of Unsolved Mysteries. Can you tell me the location of this fire? Because we can't figure it out. Because we're dumb. And so <laughs> people saw it and immediately called in. And it turned out it was in Redwood City, California. And those calls actually led them to identify a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old who were involved in the fire. And both were, ended up being tried as minors. 
One went to juvie and one went to a mental hospital. I think the craziest part about this update is that they found another video, which yes. the fire department took because it was like such a big fire that sometimes the fire department will take out a, a recorder. I think they still do this today and they'll like record like as, to use as training. Yeah. You know, they'll I record mean, like their guys going in and how they fight the fire or whatever. I think it was a good one to use an example because it was a really big fire. And also it was, an, it was a fire where like no one got hurt. So yeah. they didn't have to like Also worry. there wasn't that, like it was a under, it was a building that was being built so like yeah it was bad that it burned down but like there wasn't people's valuables there's, in it yeah, there's insurance nothing... will you know cover it or whatever yeah. like as arsons go it was you know like harmless ish right like there's not other things around that could catch on fire there's not people they have to worry about or whatever so the fire chief or someone sets up this camcorder so he could record the fire and at first i was like oh it's him <laughs> it's one of those cases where the fire investigator or the fireman is the arsonist, which that's happened. But no, it turned out. It'd be fascinating. They didn't say exactly how, but in addition to getting tips on the location, they also got tips that led them to these two teenage boys. And then they ended up being tried as minors, which just guessing from the voice on that tape is appropriate. Yeah, I think so. I hope they got the help they needed. I just really hope so. <laughs> because... Yeah. yeah, that person is not well. That person's not well. Um, and they seemed very surprised that Unsolved Mysteries was so successful solving mysteries. They were like, we were hoping we'd get the location, but we didn't think we would get, like, immediately get two suspects. And I was like, you doubted the power <laughs> of, unsolved, of mysteries. unsolved Mysteries. When I grind my spices to Satan, <laughs> I also say, all hail Unsolved Mysteries and your untold powers. <laughs> All right, that's a one-star review right there. I think that is all I have okay. for this case. Now, when I said that this episode had everything, I meant it because we also have something that will bum you the fuck out. This is terrible. Yeah, this is our last mystery. It's pretty short. This is the mystery of Marlene Santana. So here's what happened. Marlene Santana was the infant daughter of Francesca and Thomas Santana. She was born on October 18th, 1985 at Brookdale Hospital. Three days after her birth, Francesca was preparing to bring her home when she met a woman outside the nursery. The reenactment of this is quite creepy. Unsolved Mysteries does a good job of selling it because um, through the nursery glass at her daughter and this woman comes up and starts asking like, or saying like, you have such a beautiful baby. She's like complimenting. She's like, you have the prettiest baby in the whole nursery. Your baby seems like the quietest. Your baby seems like the best one. Yeah. And it's like, why are you spending so much time looking at my baby? Yeah. It's like, why are you here? Are you looking at a different baby? And then you're like, my baby's better. But, but you know, whatever. It's one of those things where you're like, yeah, everyone comes up to you when you have a baby and tells you how cute it is. So yeah, it's like, she okay, was just she's like, oh, proud she's of flattered. it. She's flattered. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I do have a fucking cute baby. Yeah. She's the best one in there. So <laughs> I agree. <laughs> weird you do but whatever yeah so according to the unsolved mysteries wiki the woman told her that marlene was the most beautiful quiet and well-behaved baby in the nursery a few hours later at 9 p.m francesca and marlene left the hospital with two of francesca's sister-in-laws as they went through the entrance the woman from earlier came up to them she pulled out a gun put it to marlene's head marlene is the baby and told the women to walk this is like right outside the hospital. And yeah. she just walks up Literally and is in like, the entrance. Where have you been? This woman she doesn't know. And yeah. she's like, uh, I'm going home. Yeah. And then she pulls out a gun on a baby. I know. It's horrible. So the assailant led the women to a junkyard six blocks from the hospital and threatened to kill Francesca if she didn't give her Marlene. She uh, gave her the baby and the woman escaped into a waiting car. Marlene has not been seen since. 
So police believe that the woman might have been mentally disturbed and unable to have a child of her own. She's described as five. That was always a. Th- Why was that such a thing at the time? Like women who can't have children are gonna like go be mentally disturbed. Yeah, steal are gonna babies. go on kidnapping sprees. Listen, this is a thing that happens where people like pregnant women will get like attacked and someone will try and like steal their baby, which is horrible. But it is so rare. Yeah, that it's, just weird. it's like not even a blip on the crime radar. And yeah, just because you can't or don't want to have a baby does not mean that your brain's going to break. Although she no, I a- did steal several babies today, <clears throat> but that is anecdotal evidence. I mean, this woman did put a gun to a baby's head and steal the no, baby. So chances are she weird. might be it's mentally. A, it's a weird case. It's just the, them saying like, oh, she probably couldn't have a baby of her own. I was like, you don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. You're making a lot of judgments. Okay. So she's described as 5'2 and 130 pounds in between the ages of 24 and 30. She was Caucasian with Hispanic features, but had no accent. Her accomplice's car was a white 1976 Chevrolet also, Malibu with red lettering on the door. beautiful composite police sketch we have seen yet she looks like a duran duran album cover it has all of that 80s glamour yeah you know that you still see those like window decals and nail salons of the like very 80s woman holding up one hand to, to tell you you can get your nails done it totally has that, that oh, for short sure. hair 80s glamour here vibe. i got it right here so delicately wrought it's the best sketch we've seen yet. I mean, yeah, she has very strong features. That hair, it's like a power haircut. I really love it. I mean, I don't love that that's the woman who stole a baby, but... Well, I just appreciate the sketch as a work of art. It is a work of art. They also did a composite sketch of what they think Marlene would look like as a three-year-old, and it is a good sketch. I don't know how accurate it might be. I'm guessing that's based on other members of her family, but that's totally a guess. They were just like, this is how old the baby would be today. It does kind of look like a generic three-year-old. It's just like... (laughs) Like a bowl haircut. Yeah, have you seen a child? And I was like, yes, but I don't (laughs) think that's who you're looking for. This is very sad because it's unsolved because you're waiting this is the case where you're like waiting for that update surely they're gonna find the baby after the broadcast and oh yeah you so marlene is believed to have been sold for adoption by her abductor there was a similar abduction that occurred at another new york hospital several several weeks before this one but police were unable to find a link between them i don't know why they think that marlene was sold they don't know anything about what happened to her the case first aired in january 1989 um, but yeah, at one point the mom is like, no, I just know nothing that else. someone knows something and I refuse to believe I'll die with never seeing my baby again. It's they horrible. They celebrate her birthday Yeah, I was going to say that the opening to the segment was a children's birthday party. And at first you're like, oh, this is adorable. They're blowing out the candles. Yeah, it's for a child that was abducted. They celebrate her birthday every year. And this is like the, her eighth birthday or something or maybe her third birthday. I don't know. It was terrible. I may or it's may awful. not have cried myself to sleep after watching this. It's, yeah. Was I the already punch in the gut that we didn't need? a terrible day and chocolate-covered Oreos weren't helping? Yes, mm-hmm. but this was not what I needed on Solved Mysteries. Nope. I didn't need to go, oh, that's right, there is no justice in this world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel terrible. Oh, God. Marlene, I hope she had a good life and... Marlene's family. Marlene grew up to murder her attackers like Arya Stark. (laughs) Yes, that would be. I hope that that. was her destiny. I hope. I hope so. Let's rate this episode. Okay, so we have our categories. 
what the hell are they? Mysteriousness. <laughs> okay. I had um, to think for a second as well. I don't know that the UFO one is that mysterious. Not really. Your second one's not that mysterious. The third one's not that mysterious. And the last one is mysterious, but it's so sad that the sadness factor really outweighs the, sad, the mysterious factor. I think I'm a thumbs down on the mysterious thumbs for this down. one. The reenactments. We're decent. Eh, shrug. Um, there weren't anything Am I just about. a bitter old lady now? It's going to take a lot to impress me, reenactments. Yeah. Uh, no, they were just fine. They weren't special. At best, I'm a thumb sideways. Yeah. Fashion? I mean, I mean if we're talking sketch. about the hair. The sketch. Oh, no, that sketch was good. Um, if we lump in, like, the mullets and the mustache with fashions, then it's a thumbs up for sure. But typically, yeah. we're just talking about clothes. Yeah. And I don't really remember anything. I don't really remember anything. So, mm, thumbs down. Yeah, and then uh, Robert Stack. Oh, because he's by a haunted castle, thumbs up. Yeah, I think they really improved. Which the is lighting like, is just, it. yeah, it's like a Halloween carnival ride. I don't know where he is. But it's even better than that. It has this real gothic flair. Yeah, this is, is what people... in literal Transylvania? This is what people think of when they think of Unsolved Mysteries, is Robert Stack in the trench coat in one of these locations. Yeah, so, so thumbs way This up. is iconic, for sure. And overall, what would you rate this episode of Robert Stack's? If this is your first episode, we rate every episode on a Robert Stack scale. We can give it a possible zero to five Robert Stacks. Okay, I have to look deep within my soul. I'm saying three and a half, four. Okay, you're as high as a four, maybe? I was thinking three. All right, let's go three and a half. I mean, you can rate it whatever you want. No, because it was a little... my Okay, the reason I would rate it I like lower. the arson mystery, though. So yes. that is... Maybe I could go three and a half just for that one. I think the Orson mystery is really good. The Lost Loves is kind of cute, and it's like nice to throw that in there. The kidnapping one is so freaking sad. But the UFO segment is just too long. It's way too long. So otherwise, I'd be like, this is a solid episode, and you get a variety, and you get a little of everything, and it's nice. You get some crime. You get some paranormal. You get some great mustaches. You get great some mustaches. Great mullets. Yeah, you get a little little trip to the past, whatever. But that UFO thing just really drags. Yeah, it was and way too long. Um, we didn't need to hear from every single person that saw someone in military <laughs> fatigues in that town. Yeah, and I guess that does make you go, okay, well, it's clearly it's something. Yeah. But, but it's too, it just, I feel like they just it. take their sweet ass time telling you, I was riding a bike around <laughs> the lane, and then the kid was playing in the creek, and he went, it's just like, oh my god. Yeah, it was too much. Who is more boring, these aliens or you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up. Three and a half. Three and a half. That I, wraps up the season I premiere. I feel better uh, going into season three than I did when we started off. The beginning of season two, we were like, what? I think season boring. three is going to be better than season two. I yeah. feel it in my bones. I just, yeah. And also, it has to be because we need something to cling to in this horrible, unjust world. Yeah. Did I look for the Australian Starburst gummy worms for you at the candy place? I did, and I didn't see any. Oh, God damn it. But I didn't you know ask. What? But I also feel like all the teenagers that work there wouldn't know. Does that make sense? Well, there's a lot of candy there. Yeah. And if they weren't impressed by your polar seltzer water purchase, then they're not going to know. It was just kind of chaos. I'm down to go back because I'm going to need more of this. Should we try one of these other ones? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, which one do you want? I'm going to try the dragon one. I'll try the Yeti one. Okay. This is Dragon Whispers. I'm trying Yeti Mischief, It's just giving me some Game of Thrones vibes. I like it. So I don't have a, like, real recommendation for this week even though i haven't talked to any of y'all in a while i was gonna talk about some of the halloweeny stuff i've been doing mm. how is it dragon whispers is delicious what is what makes it like a dragon i don't even know what flavor this is 
You have to taste this and tell me what you think it is. I recognize this flavor. This but tastes I can't. like airheads to me, like the red one. I can't like, it, might be cher- it. it might be cherry. Dragon Whispers might be cherry. Okay, yeah, I think that is cherry. I have no idea what Yeti Mischief is, but it's delicious. <laughs> Come here, Yeti Mischief. I need more of this Dragon Whisper. It's so good. So a few of the things I've done to really live my best fall life is I went to the town of Anoka, which is now my favorite place. The Halloween capital of the world. Yes, Anoka, Minnesota, which if you want to listen to our Halloween special from last year, we talked a bit about Anoka and how they invented trick-or-treating. We mentioned Garrison Keeler in it. Don't add us. We know this was before the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also, yes. Um... That they invented trick-or-treating to stop kids vandalizing stuff on Devil's Night, which is actually super-duper smart. So they have claimed the title of Halloween Capital of the World, and I went there with some friends to do their ghost walk. Which and now that my life has calmed down, I need to go back there because it looked delightful. so cute. I realize this is like a very local recommendation, but I just have to include it because it was freaking adorable. It's put on by their historical society, which seems like very involved and they literally just walk you around town and tell you which houses are haunted and based on stories they've like heard from people in town and people coming to the historical society to research their house if you're in an in the area and need something to do on halloween apparently it's a really fun place to be the night of halloween i i it was just like really honestly adorable and like heartwarming (laughs) that makes sense it does and they're just like funny little stories about things that had happened supposedly by ghosts at these different houses. And you're like literally just walk up to the house and it'll be like, oh, in this house, a kid held a cookie behind their back. And when they pulled it out, there was a bite out of it. It's stuff like that. There's a ghost that supposedly rings a doorbell and then you go and ring the actual doorbell. Oh my God, doorbell. It's any ghost that rings sex bells. <laughs> no, no. That we know of. So, well, they're, they're keeping that to themselves. <laughs> I have already decided that what I want to do is move to Anoka, buy one of these haunted houses, get all my friends to move to Anoka, buy haunted houses, and then when the tour comes around, we'll pretend to be the ghosts. Brilliant. This is what I want to do in old age now. Yes. This is our retirement plan. Along with becoming a wood witch and solving mysteries. I think I'll We could do both. Yeah, totally. What are you going to do the other 11 months of the year? Yeah, so... I want to pretend to be, oh my god. I'm like honestly so excited to think about it. And also it's just like a cute little town. They have tons of our antique stores. And because it's the Halloween capital, they kind of like specialize in Halloween stuff. So there was a lot of old Halloween stuff. Now, it's not cheap. And I'm a cheap bitch when I'm not buying a ton of candy. <laughs> so I didn't really get anything. But it was still cool to like look at stuff. and Check out our Twitter if you want to see the picture of the Halloween sign. The Halloween yes. capital of the world sign. And I, I did get an Adam's Family puzzle while I was there. So that's kind of exciting. Not really, but um what else have i done the pumpkin thing at the zoo yes so minnesota zoo um which i have never been to before sorry you've never actually been to the zoo no oh we have to go there in the summer sometime annie looked at me like like, one of the best places and he was like i haven't been here in months and i was like um i've never been here i fucking love the minnesota zoo well look i'm a transplant i'm sorry i've never been to the minnesota zoo okay number one thing we're gonna do in the spring is go to the minnesota zoo i love it so much but this year is the first year they've organized this jack-o'-lantern spectacular and i just randomly saw on facebook because i've literally been trolling facebook events looking for different i'm not kidding at all looking for different halloween stuff to do and this came up and the picture looked like sort of cool but also like i'll try anything sure halloween at this point so we went the first night because i didn't want to wait 
And it was a beautiful, magical experience. Samantha didn't get to go, you guys. It looked incredible. It, we're, we're probably, Liz is probably going to go back. Although yeah. I've heard the lines have gotten really long. So that's what I have to say is that, so we went the opening night. It was raining like a tiny bit. And we got there like right when it ever opened and no one had knew that much about it, I don't think. And also it was a Thursday. So there was not that many people there. So it was just us wandering through this trail completely covered in jack lanterns. There's like mountains of jack lanterns. There's jack lanterns in the trees. There are jack lanterns that are like really artistically carved. And the theme was like a travel through time or something like that. So it takes you on this like, you know, whatever. Like It looked out time. of this world. The it pictures, was really cool. The pictures probably don't do it justice and they are amazing. No, because it's just like a completely immersive experience of just cute or amazingly made jack lanterns. It had this just like sort of magical... What it did for me is, now that I'm like so wholeheartedly devoted to Halloween, it's I finally get why people get so much into Christmas, which I've never understood. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because I was like, oh, this has such like a warm, lovely feeling. This has such like a magical, like, I feel like so content and happy and almost like childlike. Yeah, exactly. Walking along this thing of Jack Lanterns. That must be what people feel at Christmas time. Oh, this is why people like Christmas. But I feel that on a trail full of Jack Lanterns. Anyway. So so I understand because it looked amazing. I would wholeheartedly recommend that, except that we've heard from people now that it's like a two hour wait. Like, even if you have tickets to even get to the part where the, because there's kind of a walk through the zoo to get to where this is, that like the line is so backed up that it'll take you two hours to even get to the part, which makes me think they're selling way too many tickets. And I have heard that that's like been on the weekend. So maybe if you went during the week, it wouldn't be as busy. We could try. It's only $15 on Thursdays. I don't know how much it is on the weekends. We'll have to see. I do really want to go, but also the Minnesota Zoo is kind of a ways from my house. Yeah. So I would love to go. We'll have to see. I, I'm hoping that it's so successful. And I feel like this might be a thing where they like hire a company to like come make this exhibition for right. them as like a moneymaker on their off season. I realize I'm talking like did you wishful know, thinking. Do you know that I have a degree, a, a certificate in museum studies? Anyway, I do. <laughs> so I feel like this is the sort of thing where you hire a company to make you. I don't think the do themselves like put this all oh, together. For sure. You know what I mean? And it's the first year that they've done it. And it seems like it's been really successful. So I'm hoping they'll do it in subsequent years is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because it looked honestly amazing. It was really, really cool. There's like music and smoke and and the I don't like know. the jack lanterns, the like artfully carved ones. I saw like a Harry Potter one that looked amazing. There was a prince one. There was all There's kinds tons of like of stuff. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple alien ones. So I took pictures of those and put them on Twitter because that seemed like on brand. I love and... the like alien evolution one. Yeah, that was that weird. was bizarre. So I like literally is <laughs> like from the beginning of time. There's like little human fetuses. On it. They like start with like you know earth and dinosaurs and whatever and then when it gets to the part where there's going to be humans it shows a monkey's face screaming a dna an alien and then like a human embryo <laughs> and i was like what are you trying to say here zoo? <laughs> i don't know i don't know there was also one that said antiquity and it had a <laughs> ufo shining on easter island heads amazing and that despite not being the point of this 
I feel like I have to go on a rant. <laughs> okay. About the idea that UFOs created ancient structures, particularly the pyramids, is super racist. Oh my god. Have you yes, I I'm gonna plug one of Rob's recent episodes. I gotta look it up so I can tell you the specific one because he has someone on who is an archaeologist. Yeah. And who talks about this very thing. And I was listening to this episode and I actually sent him a message on Instagram because I thought it was so good. I need to listen to that. Because it's really been bothering me lately for some reason. Yes. I not some reason why is it like why is it bothering me lately? I don't know. I guess because we talk about UFOs. So I'm gonna plug Rob Christopherson again. He has the podcast Our Strange Skies and it's three episodes back and it's the episode from september 8th and the episode title is this is some next level shit okay cool and it's an interview with his friend who i believe an archaeologist and they talk about this very thing about how all of these theories of ancient aliens are super duper racist yeah the idea is like well white people couldn't figure out how to build this so therefore no one could therefore it must be aliens yeah and it's this idea too that like i'm not gonna get this as right as they did in the episode but that like when you're talking about brown people like they're like they couldn't have come up with the pyramids themselves they must have had an alien force exactly bestow the knowledge upon them because how could when it's so when it's like uh when it's a monument that brown people made it's always like aliens gave them the information if it's like a monument or some sort of structure that white people made it's like the aliens worked with them or some shit like that Interesting. like there's just a t- and it's like there's tons of other like reasons why these theories are racist and they sure, talk about yeah. it in that episode i highly recommend okay. it. that'll be my recommendation because i don't have one That's go great. listen to that episode go listen to rob's podcast because it's great um but specifically i really love that episode no, that's. I'm glad that me randomly talking about this pumpkin led to that. Because <laughs> These are the roads we go down. As a show that it talks about aliens, sometimes I think that's a, something that we should bring up. It's just people like people do not talk about that enough. It's a. It's a, it's it's white supremacy is everywhere. Everyone seriously, and we that, can't escape it. That is such a good example of it. Yeah, yeah. I really. This is only like tangentially related, but I always found it interesting how. Um, sort of like white culture never understood why Mayan pyramids and monuments are in the locations that they are until like a year or two ago a fucking child like took a map of where they are like in Mexico Latin America and overlaid on top of that their constellations Mm -hmm. and it was like oh that's why there it is a fucking child (laughs) could figure that out like it makes perfect sense yeah and everybody was like, oh, it must be some forgotten mystery. Like, <laughs> yeah, it must be alien, whatever. And I was like, actually, if you actually thought about their culture, this would make perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. Or if, you know, the Spanish and fucking killed them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe there would be some remnants of their society Maybe it wouldn't all left. be a mystery if they hadn't been completely eradicated by smallpox. Okay. Yeah. A little side note. Um, Everything is dark. Everything, Everything is dark is and terrible. If you're in the area, the other thing that I've done is I took a tour of Lakewood Cemetery. On Something a, else I missed. On a trolley, and the trolley driver looks like the spirit of a trolley driver. <laughs> like, he couldn't look more like a trolley. He wears a little hat, and he looks like Mr. Rogers with a beard. And it costs $5, and they ride you around the cemetery, and the cemetery is fancy as fuck. I've always wanted a tour of Lakewood. Well, we'll go sometime. We will for sure go sometime. The tour itself, and eh, whatever, is you're really going for the trolley ride and to see incredibly fancy monuments and 
know that you cannot afford to be buried there. Oh, that was for sure not. That was my reaction. Yeah, they anyone... have, like, a ton of rules. It's, like, the whitest cemetery. Yeah, for sure. It's, like, not, like, literally. It's not segregated or something. It's nonprofit. I'm sure they're nice people. Do but they it's make like... subtle jabs, not so subtle jabs that Soldiers and Pioneers, like, our favorite tour guide, Sue, does at, like, to <laughs> <Nope>. Lakewood? <laughs> She's a- Sue's got all. Sue has the personality you want in a tour guide, but there's no trolley. Yeah, and it's also not super fancy, right? right? This is like the opposite of that, where it's like very prim, and you get on, you know, like <laughs> it's very organized. You have to leave at a set time, and you can't touch anything. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, but it is cool, and they have a beautiful chapel there with like a mosaic dome, and I guess they have concerts in there sometimes, and. I don't know. Just look into their events or if you want to go to one a tour. It was it was a cool place. It's just like, yeah, the total opposite of what we're usually talking about. In a Come to Minnesota, y'all. We got some great ideas. <laughs> yeah, for everyone else. I don't I feel like no one in Minnesota listens to the show. So none of these recommendations were helpful for you. But that's how we're starting off season three. Yeah, I mean, this is fine. And I'm just writing the coattails of Liz's recommendations because I've been doing nothing. Actually, Except unpacking for the yeah. last four weeks. Samantha's recommendation is don't buy a house. Definitely and also not. listen to Rob's podcast. And actually this, I'm just thinking this right now. I'm going to add a tab to our website. Give me a couple weeks for local stuff. Sure. That sounds great. Since we have recommendations that are, we already have, if you go to our website, www.perhapsitsyou.com on the information superhighway known as the World Wide Web. You will find our recommendations tab, which has all the books Samantha talks about, podcasts we like, yep. other random things, polar water, whatever. <laughs> the wet and wild makeup. Yes. All, all of the random shit I'm we've recommended. St- I still stand by that Flights of Fancy collection. They've had a couple more since that have been like, eh, Flights of Fancy. So good. For sure. Anyway, what? What was I talking about? Oh, that's where our recommendations are. I'm going to make a separate tab for if you find yourself in the Twin Cities or you live in the area or whatever. Local stuff we think is great, like Sue at Soldiers and Pioneer Cemetery. That sounds like a great idea. So that's how we're going to end this episode, I think. I think so. Let's plug our shit. So I already told you about our fabulous website, but you can also find us on some of those newer fangled types of the social medias. The social medias. The Twitters. The media, The Facebooks. The Instagrams. Our Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We also have a Facebook group. We're much more interactive on our Facebook group. Go join it. Perhaps it's you. Um, yeah, we talk to you. We share some things. Sometimes you get Twitter some sneak peeks that everyone our, else doesn't get. And our Twitter and our Instagram is also perhaps it's you. If you wanted to email us, perhaps you have a paranormal tale yourself. Perhaps Please send you it in. saw the sperm in the sky. No. I, I guess, I guess if you did. If you saw I, some I sperm care. in the sky, please don't tell me the story about it. That's <laughs> something I want to hear. Well, Samantha, I don't want to know what you were doing. <laughs> Samantha, maybe you should have brought it up 20 times. <laughs> That's perhaps a do podcast at gmail.com. Ignore all those earlier episodes where I said it wrong. Check out our Patreon. You can get a bonus episode every month and also some other goodies. Yeah. That's patreon.com slash perhaps it's you. We have not decided. Have we decided what we're doing next month? I don't think we have. Okay. We kinda, next month. This we month. October. Did. So our newest Patreon episode. I don't know that anyone cared, but that was the Fox drama Millennium. Oh, yes. At the time that that premiered, that was Fox's most watched thing ever. But no one remembers it. That's what we talked about. And in that, I suggested, hey, what if we watch the first thing of X-Files? Actually, oh, yeah. it makes a lot, lot more sense. Except they took they just took the X-Files off Hulu. Oh, okay. So now we need another idea. Yeah. So, so send us your suggestions if you're a pat- patron or, or whatever. Tell us what you might want us to watch. Things we've watched in the past include things that are totally Unsolved Mysteries adjacent, like Unsolved... Mi- or, um, <laughs> like Unsolved Mysteries. Like... 
In search of. In search like, of. Occult crimes. Like, kitchen nightmares. <laughs> kitchen nightmares. Like some other thing. And also. We watched a thing about Bigfoot. What was that? I don't remember. And also the ghost report. Oh, Mothman. And Point Pleasant. We believe in Mothman. And. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, I'll save it for next week. Oh, no. We're done. We're done. <laughs> save it for next week. Save it. Save it. All right, you guys, we're going to drink the rest of this polar water and try and forget the world. So have a good one. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate people who are excited for us to be back. You've all been really patient with us taking a little break, which you should be because this is free. But thank you anyway. And to all our patrons, we love you. We couldn't do this without you. And go out and solve some mysteries, bitches. Do it. Bye. Bye.